following program is sponsored by Team Reba of Remax Metro East Side and Eric Osnes of Homebridge Financial Services. Welcome to Open House with Team Reba. Each week, Team Reba will be bringing you a roundup of real estate and mortgage news, along with information about the local Puget Sound region, highlighting some of the best and brightest entertainment options, family events, neighborhood highlights, and local business interviews, so you can feel right at home in the Pacific Northwest. Welcome once again to Open House with Team Reba. I'm Reba Hess of Team Reba, Remax Metro East Side. And I'm Eric Osnes from Homebridge Financial Home Mortgage. Happy weekend. Yes, happy weekend right back at you. Here we go, another edition of Home... Open house, excuse me. <laughs> team Reba. Forgot where I was. We've only been doing the show. Five years. We're in our sixth yeah. year. Oh There's my gosh. no reason why you for, don't well, know the name of the show. I was multitasking at the minute. Oh my gosh. Well, anyway, well, open I'm house glad of you, Team Reba yes. celebrating over five years of content. Yes. And you can catch us every Saturday from two to three p.m., but also and on Sundays from three to four p.m. and also on podcasts all the time. Yeah, over five years of content on yes. podcasts now. Yes, over two hundred episodes now. Yikes. Over 200 episodes. That's a whole lot of content. It's like right up there with like Leave it to Beaver, isn't it? You know, I don't know. Some, <laughs> some of these ongoing shows, all the different weekly episodes. That's totally what I compare us oh, to sure. all the yeah. time. What can I say? Maybe one of these days will be like head. 60 minutes. <laughs> you never know. You know. Yeah. Hopefully those folks don't show up at our doors. <laughs> well, no. no that would not, not from, be a good thing. You know, I actually almost did meet Leslie Stallwins. Did you? Yes. Yeah. Right. When uh, Redfin was doing their big expansion back, uh-huh. you know, like 15 plus years ago, yeah. I got interviewed by a producer from 60 Minutes. And you know what they told me? You know why yeah. I wasn't on? Why? They said I was too smart for the show. <laughs> Don't laugh. You know well. that's true. No. <laughs> no, the reason why. Okay, so here's the thing. I, I give, you know, competitors... You know, credit when it's due. Yeah. You know, because when I got into the industry from the tech field, I was trying to corporatize mm-hmm. residential real estate, right. right? Systematize. Yes. And and that's why I've had a team the whole time. Mm-hmm. Well, they just yeah. happen to have, you know, investor backing. I didn't. And so that's why they've been, you know, similar to me and how they're set up. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so they were doing this big rollout and going national and, they somehow convinced 60 Minutes to turn that into a big marketing thing for them. Mm-hmm. And I was being interviewed, and this was back when they were doing a bunch of like illegal stuff on, mm-hmm. you know, and they, they still do some questionable practices here and there. And, um, and it's mostly because they just don't know what they don't know. So they have to wait and get hit with fines and Better to ask other for stuff. Than permission right, which is what a lot of tech companies mm-hmm. do. They save money on the side for legal fees or fines or whatever. And then they're just like, oh, sorry, um, we'll okay. change our practices. Mm-hmm. But I was hitting point by point with the producer th- all the stuff that they had been bringing up. And that's why he's like, well, no, you, he goes, I wish you were my agent back in Washington, D.C. And I was like, uh okay but because it was leslie Stahl who was going to do this segment yeah and i was all excited because she'd been like a huge i was a huge fan of hers uh growing up because i watched her since i was a child mm-hmm. right and when i got told this i went well what exactly are you trying to get on the show and they said well we want the typical agent you know the one that's got their car wrapped with like the big signage and all the <laughs> other stuff and lo yeah. and behold, they picked one of my nemesis from Remax to be on the show. And I was like, ah, yeah. you got it. And it was. She's like the stereotype in the, right. you oh, know, yeah, the I bland gotcha. suit yeah. and the cankles and was the she, wrapped car, PT Cruiser. Big, big, big. 
No, she has a she has the car that's like oh, explosion yeah. of you know yeah. Remax all over it, yeah, you know, right. and stuff. So, and and I and they made her look like a complete idiot on air, and yeah. I'm just like, so you dodged a bullet. <laughs> To a degree. I mean, yeah. it's just that they, they had a marketing thing that they were going to do, and they were, gosh darn it, do it going to do it no matter what. But I'll tell you what, speaking of that like competitive spirit thing, you know, people ask this all the time in my industry is, are commissions negotiable? Mm-hmm. And yes, they are. Absolutely, Because are. we have these things such as, um, you know, we can't have fixed pricing, right? Mm-hmm. So if you go back to, you know, your history lessons, there's the, um, oh my gosh, now I'm going to blank on it. It's a, um, uh, what's the act? Sherman Antitrust Act, mm-hmm. right? The Sherman Antitrust Act means you can't do price fixing. Mm-hmm. The industry has been sued before because of that, mm-hmm. right? And so you have to have flexible, you know, commissions and things like that, you know, that you can negotiate. Now, somebody can have a set way of the, how they do business, mm-hmm. but as you might remember, I recently said on the show that my team has now created for listings different opportunities for pricing levels sure, sure so i'm bringing this up on purpose because that's part of who my competition is of course and we do a better job we get told all the time by our customers that we do a way better job than the r name and i can't say i'm remax so i can't just say r name so the you know competition like redfin who's huge locally mm-hmm. But we do have a variable pricing model available now. And so I'm just letting our listeners know that. And also that if they are talking to agents, they can have a discussion about commissions because they believe very frequently that it's just all one way. And it's not true. Right. And then all you do is just put the thing on the on the, the internet and that's mm-hmm. that. And know? then and, it just and, sells. And yeah, it, it sells itself and it's not right. true. And it doesn't help that a lot of the, the real estate agents that are advertising mm-hmm. uh, mislead people. On, right, on exactly. Yeah. The one I love is if we can't sell your home in 30 days, we'll buy it ourselves. And do you know out there. Do you know where that came from? I do. Well, I think, I think you and I know. Yeah, there was, I mean, locally I know where that came from. Well, that yeah. actually came from a Canadian agent. Mm. That became, and it's been talked about here in this state as not legal. Right. So a guy named Craig Proctor actually started that in Canada mm-hmm. and promoted that heavily. That's how he became the number one REMAX agent in Canada back mm-hmm. then. Now, maybe Canadian law is very different, but American law, that started getting taught here. Mm-hmm. And there are many agents around here who are still using that. Mm-hmm. And it's a ploy. It's 100% a ploy. Absolutely it is. And so people just need to be aware of what those things that are out there. Um, And that's one of the reasons why I'm also excited about the guest we have today. Me too. Because we have, this is going to be, listeners, we're excited because we're creating a new partnership in terms of conversations with the person who's going to be our guest today. And it's, I'm just thrilled beyond belief because in my world there's all this like flexibility and things like that but in the world of tax there isn't always that same flexibility and people need to know the rules right and you and I mention things here and there about stuff that has to do with you know business and bookkeeping Mm -hmm. and tax and all of that but that's not what we're licensed in no and so I'm excited because we have a wonderful guest with us today who we're going to get into some very interesting topics around tax and business. And um, Siri Shipman, thank you for coming on today. Very excited to have you with us. Hello. Thanks for having <laughs> me on the line. Yes. Well, and you're, uh, you're calling in from, you're still in Washington State, but you're, you're a bit of a distance from us, are you not? 
Yeah, over in Spokane on the east side of the state. Yes. Nice. I love that we're like tying in, you know, all parts of the state of Washington into our show now because we've been doing a lot more work in uh, different counties. Like I've been up in Whatcom and Skagit and Jefferson and Kitsap and just Mason. So, yeah, I've been in in so many counties lately, but um, it's kind of fun to tie in somebody who's from the east side of the state. So thank you so much for being here today. Thank you. So, so go gosh, ahead. Siri, tell, tell us a little bit about yourself and your, your practice. Yes. Um, my partner and I, we have an accounting and tax firm here in Spokane. We do try to focus on serving um, small independent businesses because that's a lot of where the need is, taking care of those small business owners, um, helping them through their questions, their bookkeeping, some projections, you know, budgets, a um, little bit of planning and that, and then wrapping up the year end with their taxes. Yes, and this has been a very interesting past year. So I'm we're gonna this particular show we're gonna talk a little bit about how COVID's possibly impacted people both on a business and personal level when it comes to their taxes. Um, but so uh, Mindy is your partner. You, you said your partner. We didn't really say Mindy's name yeah. yet. Um, <laughs> But the company name is Inside Out Tax Help, correct? Inside Out Taxes and Accounting, correct. Taxes and Accounting. So, but your website is InsideOutTaxHelp.com. Is that correct? Correct. Okay. So for any of our listeners, we're going to have that also linked back when we get this into the podcast and onto the blog and all of that. Um, But just in case you're listening and you're in a place where you can look things up, you can certainly check out Siri uh, at that website. Um, And I want to make sure, because just in the conversation with you, depending on what kind of phone everyone has. (laughs) So so your name is spelled S-E-A-R-R-I, not S-I-R-I, correct? Correct. I will tell you right now, that other Siri does not care. (laughs) It's pinging me like constantly here. I know. As we tried to get on air with you, she started talking back at him. It was hilarious. Yeah, that's something we have disabled at our house for sure. <laughs> yeah, oh, I bet, I bet. But, um, yeah, so you and I met um, online, and I'm so excited about that because actually through LinkedIn, I mean, there are uh, ways that, you know, you can use social media for good, and I consider this one of those mm-hmm. great opportunities. Um, and I, I ended up speaking with your marketing guy, and we determined that this this could potentially be like a great information partnership between us um, because you you not only cover Washington I, I think this is really interesting I, I can't wait for listeners to be hearing this partly from the standpoint of you have taken um, a negative like COVID and actually turned it into a great positive because your business was mostly focused with Washington um, before this correct correct and with COVID and everything forcing the remote Mm -hmm. um, function and capabilities, we've expanded nationwide. That is phenomenal. Um, I know we're going to cover a lot more of this type of thing as we get into the other segments, but just for our listeners, I think this is one of those great uh, lessons that, you know, as people are kind of getting more accustomed to what COVID has had in terms of impact in our lives, 
You know, a lot of people, yes, we've had some negativity here and there, um, and there's been a lot of negative, of course, but there are positives that definitely have come out of this as well. And I think you guys are one of those great success stories around that. And I can't wait to share that with everyone when we get back from this break where we have to go and share a few messages. And we'll be right back here on Open House with Team Reba with Siri Shipman of Inside Out Tax Help. Open House with Team Reba on AM 1590. The answer. Now, back to Open House with Team Reba. Welcome back to Open House with Team Reba. I'm Eric Osnes from Homebridge Financial Home Mortgage. And I'm Reba Haas from Team Reba. Thank you for joining us this afternoon. We've got Siri Shipman uh, on the line with us from Inside Out Taxes and Accounting. Thanks again for joining us, Siri. Thank you. So uh, but during the break, we were, we were talking a little bit and, and really wanted to touch on some of the, the effects on our taxes that have been changed or created by the, this, this pandemic. And, you know, I know there's, you know, delays on filing taxes and things like that. But can you kind of walk us through some of the some of the key changes that, it, that COVID has impacted? Yes, there's some changes both on the personal and the business side. And for, you know, some small business owners, it is hard to sort of navigate through that because they're getting affected on both ends. Um, one of the most recent ones that we've dealt with here in the office is, the newest economic impact payments that people are getting in. Mm -hmm. Some of them are showing up as debit cards. And we had someone come in with a debit card before the announcement came out that there was debit cards showing up. So we had to verify that. And that was a little unnerving because it, I mean, they almost threw it away and it was $1,200. Oh, geez. That can be tough. Yeah. Um, That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. One of the other big questions we're getting with regarding that is whether it's going to be counted as income. And it is not, it is considered a tax credit and it's not taxable income. But for those people who haven't received theirs for this go around and, and may not receive it, they can claim it on their tax return as a credit. So they receive it when they file their taxes. You know, I, I, I read something recently about that. Is that something that, let's say, that, that first round go around, you know, several months ago, let's say somebody never requested it or claimed it, can they go back and also count that as a tax credit? There are some things, and I would need to verify some details, but upon filing this coming tax return, there's supposed to be some things in it as far as indicating which payments you did or may not have received that you might have qualified for so you can take the credit. So we just haven't seen the new releases to mm-hmm. exactly know how that's going to lay out. I'm kind of curious. I'm just thinking of a specific scenario where a person actually doesn't even earn enough to file a tax return you know, and, mm-hmm. and also did not take advantage of that credit um, but would qualify right. now. <laughs> so, Yeah. Know. And it would behoove them to file that tax return. We filed one for a person that did not earn enough to be required to file. They had only earned a few hundred dollars being their first job. But when we got that filed within the six-month extension period, 
as soon as we had that filed, I think it was less than five days that person received their first um, stimulus payment that they had not received prior. So they are watching those things. And if you are behind on any taxes and that, it definitely, you know, get those filed to trigger those payments to make sure that they get through and into your bank account. Awesome. Awesome. What other changes uh, are you seeing, you know, as a result of the pandemic? Um, Let's see. There's different things as far as it's not really a change, but it's one of the concerns that I'm really concerned about with the pandemic, all the heavy unemployment Mm. that people have received. Because it's not necessarily common income for a lot of people, they tend to forget that it's taxable income at the end of the year. Oh, yes. And not yeah. a lot of people took withholding on it. So I'm really actually fearful for some of my tax returns when they come in with heavy unemployment, what kind of bill um, our clients are going to have. And that's something to keep in mind and stock some stuff away in savings to take care of that, what you're going to need for April. That's a great point. Because a lot of people were getting those extra amounts mm-hmm. also exactly so exactly. all those oh my gosh i'm just like having some flashbacks to conversations i've had with some younger people and even even one of my tenants who now i'm like oh my gosh did you did you say like i feel like i need to go have a intervention right now actually oh yeah it is something to bring up to people that you know that have been receiving that of, you know, hey, have you accounted for claiming this income and maybe mm-hmm. stopping some, you know, extra money away to cover the taxes for that? Yeah, because I'm, I'm guessing a bunch of people think if they, especially if there's folks who would normally have gotten maybe a tax return, mm-hmm. like a, a refund, right? There, that could be or, a massive wake up call. Or, or simply, so many people are really just W two employees, mm-hmm. and they do not think about no. you know, how much is being withheld from their paycheck even. Not at all. All they just know, did I get a refund at the end of the year? They're not really understanding that yeah. that refund is taxes that you already paid. It's not like this special thing you're getting mm-hmm. back. You gave too much money to right. the IRS during the year. Right. It's not It's not really an extra bonus or anything. Mm-hmm. So they're not thinking about, oh, my gosh, I'm getting this extra money on the side. I better yeah. set aside taxes for it. Man, oh, man, Siri, that's a great, really great comment, and I hope everybody's yeah. – you know, paying attention to that mm-hmm. one. And maybe opening some conversations with family members right. well, as, this, so, as they hear this. Right. So one other question for you on that. Um, do you anticipate that there that the um, IRS will extend the filing deadlines for 2020 tax returns? Or are we going to be stuck with April 15th? I have not heard any rumor mills right now. And so I'm banking on April 15th. But to tell you the truth, I'm really hoping that they do extend because every little bit of time will help. Mm-hmm. It does spread out tax season, which helps right. as far as, you know, workload for, you know, offices like mine and that. But it has been such a crazy year and it's been difficult on a lot of people. And having that extra time if they choose to extend it in this year, yeah. I think would be a big help for I, people. I know quite a few accountants, mm-hmm. and April 15th is kind of that deadline after that. Yeah. Most accountants I know, they just kind of crawl into a hole for two weeks and <laughs> decompress. I, I know the person who normally does mine, they go on vacation because yeah, they're, they're just like, like we got to get out of here. <laughs> yeah, I got to go get some sleep. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, I I remember those days. Yep, <laughs> every year. Wow. Okay. So unemployment. Um, we we still don't know on on it, on um, you know whether the the deadlines will be extended. Uh, how about on the business side? If you own a small business, uh, what can what can we see on that side? I, I I'm thinking about the PPP loans and things like that. There's been lots of questions about whether mm-hmm. those PPPs can be counted or counted as income. If they're not, I would say not. But what are your thoughts on that? And that has been back and forth two or three times at least. And the last change was right at the end of the year, that last week or so right around Christmas, when they finally signed and passed the next um, bill to provide money, they recounted and changed it where the PPP funds will not be counted as income. Okay, good. Mm-hmm. Which is good. We have not received a whole lot of detail yet on how things are going to show up or be reflected on the tax return. But what I think it was Congress that did that last second overriding of the IRS saying, no, we're not going to count these as income. And currently the status for the expenses is they are going to be allowed also. Interesting. So So, considering this has flip-flopped a few times, I'm holding my breath until they start accepting tax returns. Right. Okay. So, when, you, when you're saying that you're hearing these different things, that's because there's direct conversation with the IRS, or who, who's providing this information to you? Um, it's monitoring the IRS websites, SBA, um, you know, the latest bill that got passed, the last stimulus bill that sent out the last $600. That was where they overrode the IRS and said, no, we're not going to make people claim this as income. Okay. And that. So, so one other follow up. There's a lot of legislation going. Oh, yeah. 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 It's a, this is kind of a moving target, I know. And, and mm-hmm. uh, that's one thing, you know, probably should, we should have given a disclaimer at the beginning of the show that, um, you know, check with your accountant or please reach mm-hmm. out to Siri if you have questions, if this is something that's piquing your interest, because these rules change. They can change frequently, they can change overnight. You know, mm-hmm. there's a lot of, you know, you always want to make sure your information is current. But, I got one other follow-up on this, on the PPP, um, because those loans can be forgiven. So, you know, I think what's the rule? You have to keep it for 10 months. You have to make sure that 60% of it went to your payroll costs and, um, you know, that sort of thing. But normally a loan forgiven is considered taxable income. So mm-hmm. is that the same answer then? It would not be considered taxable income, if, even if it's forgiven. You never have to pay it back? Correct. And that's why there was all kinds of controversy and back and forth in that. Because of that forgiveness, all of a sudden, that's why the IRS says, nope, it got forgiven. We want it counted as income. And they got overridden. So that's why there's been such a moving target with that final decision. Wow. Well, this is really, really interesting information. And, you know, um, a couple weeks ago on the show, we had one of our our um, perennial guests, uh, Mike Olden, who's mm-hmm. with our credit uh, vendor, American Reporting, we were, we were talking about some of these um, uh, credit card um, debt reduction, I call them scams, programs yeah. programs out where people don't understand that when a bank forgives a credit card debt, 
you know, negotiates a settlement that that's taxable mm-hmm. income. Uh, so it's it's good to know that this PPP is not the same yeah. same boat. But a lot of folks are doing programs like that right now. Well, yeah, there's that, and then um, they have a second round of PPP that's happening, right? right? So I know we made application for that with mm-hmm. with my company, mm-hmm. right? Because yeah. we had uh, an impact ourselves, you know, with business. Like when they had the shutdown for real estate. That definitely affected us and other businesses. We had clients who got furloughed and had to cancel contracts and what have you. And so, you know, we definitely went through that phase. And I'm sure there's a lot of our listeners who've all been through it as well. So hopefully they're all talking to their CPAs or if they're looking for one, there you go. <laughs> maybe calling up Siri after this episode right? <laughs> you know, of Open Absolutely. House with Team Reba. Um, Speaking of which, we do need to take a couple of uh, quick messages here with our listeners, but we're going to be right back with Siri Shipman from uh, Inside Out Tax and Accounting Services. Open House with Team Reba on AM 1580. The answer. Now, back to Open House with Team Reba. Welcome back to Open House with Team Reba. I'm Reba Hass of Team Reba, REMAX Metro Eastside. And Eric Oz is here from HomeBridge Financial Home Mortgage, and we've got Siri Shipman on the line. Hey, Siri. Hello. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, uh, she, she doesn't have a lot to say to you right no, now. I know. Yeah, <laughs> That was my phone saying, hey, Siri, what, what time is it? Uh, it's not going to cooperate now, but uh, of anyway. course you <laughs> want to put her. Uh-huh. Well, you put her on the spot, so yeah, you know right. she's having a, a little, little stage fright. There. Yes, she did. She was like, "Oh no, I'm on air." Yeah. <laughs> What's really bad is my brother uh-huh. has a voice that is close enough to mine that he can turn on my Siri. Oh yeah, and then he usually makes it play Nickelback. You know, and at the worst yes. opportune times, you know, of course, but uh, of course, as if there's ever a good time to play Nickelback. Oh, but, stop! Um, it. I actually yeah. like them, but okay. Anyway, so we still have on the line with us Siri Shipman, who's one of the partners at Inside Out Taxes and Accounting. Thank you again. And uh, we, during our quick little break, you started asking a couple of other questions, Eric, yeah. that I think you know our listeners would probably like to hear about. Well, I'm curious about 401ks or, or retirement plans, and I heard that there are some uh, abilities for a person to take a withdrawal from those if they're under the age of 59 and a half without having mm-hmm. to pay a penalty. Um, can you kind of speak to, to that? Yeah, under the CARES Act for um, 2020 distributions for um, IRAs and workplace retirement plans, which would be like the 401ks, and that if a taxpayer is in, um, impacted by COVID-19, they can take a distribution up to $100,000 and not be subject to the 10% early withdrawal penalty. The distribution is still counted as income, but the other advantage is they can take that and have that tax spread over a three-year period also. Oh, oh wow. wow. Really? Nice. Yeah. Okay. Which is a big help. So so now, of course, we're into 2021 now. Uh, you know, we don't know maybe what the rule will be for this year. But does that mean, let's say, and I'm sure there's people listening that maybe they did take a withdrawal, you know, in, in 2020, not knowing mm-hmm. any of these these ramifications so when they file their taxes that's something they can definitely you know look into and take advantage of yeah if they qualify and go down all the different requirements and they qualify take advantage of that because that 10 percent can be pretty significant and if they're able to spread that tax over three years that can make a big difference oh yeah well i honestly i didn't even 
hear about that part before. Mm. You know, as a self-employed person and the way that I normally get, because I mean, sir, this is what ended up happening with me. And I don't, I don't mind sharing personal stuff. In fact, I've talked about this with my team. Like when we applied for PPP, and this is one of the reasons I don't like the way that most real estate companies are set up. A lot of my staff are 1099. Mm -hmm. So when we applied for our PPP, it ended up, we didn't get nearly as much as we actually needed. Because two out of five of my team members yeah, were 1099. They don't fall into the... Yeah. And part. so they didn't fall into those categories. So I couldn't get payroll for them, even though I pay them. And then on the other side of it, because of how I pay myself, I'm set up as an S corp. And so I pay myself a base and then either do commit... Uh, excuse me. Um, I either do bonuses or distributions. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of my personal income comes from these other tax planning methods that I use. And so again, no matter what my income normally is on my tax return, I could only qualify for a much smaller amount based on my W-2 in my business. And so that was a big whammy. And I hadn't even, I guess I hadn't even thought to look into, nor did my CPA bring up that I had an option um, for anything in my retirement accounts. And I'm, now I'm kind of yeah. like, why didn't he do that? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, and you, that, that brings up, a, I think, probably a really good point. Um, you know, a lot of folks have in the past, they've filed their own tax returns mm-hmm. or maybe they're using some online programs. Right. And I'm, I'm kind of always worried that some of those online programs are going to miss some of these opportunities yeah. or some of these critical questions. Absolutely. Or get it wrong. Yeah. And, um, and also there are some fairly big correct me if I'm wrong on this, Siri, but some fairly big national chains that the person you sit down with and meet with, or this, this year probably wouldn't even mm-hmm. do that, they're not the ones that are analyzing your documents. They're sending those to um, typically Overseas. India or the Philippines mm-hmm. where somebody there analyzes it, and then they you know, prepare, prepare the return. Have I got, kind of got that right, Siri? Um, some of the national chains, a lot of times you'll have the person that's sitting at the desk with you. Um, this coming year is going to be a little bit different as far as distancing and that, but sometimes you get a highly experienced person and sometimes you have someone who's newer Mm -hmm. and even though they're used to processing a lot of very normal, straightforward tax returns, some of those odd transactions that, you know, don't come out very often, people don't always um, know what needs to be done. And mm-hmm. that is a tough thing for people. Um, it creates a situation where they have to get their taxes amended if they find out or ever realize that it should have been handled differently. Yeah. So, right. That's sometimes it's an IRS letter that tells you. Right. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. So, I mean, that gets me back to why I was so excited about you and I connecting Siri, because we're going to have you on for a number of different shows throughout the year and maybe, you know, much longer even because there's so many topics as, you know, individuals, business owners, people who are thinking about starting businesses and what have you. And the number one thing that I've said for years, because I serve on several boards, one of which is a chamber board. So I'm constantly in touch with other small businesses and the number of people that really don't understand their own business returns and even how to read a P and L is is staggering Mm -hmm. and and i have told many of them i'll have conversations like well who's doing your books who does your taxes they're like well i do my own and i'm like ah 
I think I walk around with a stunned look on my face way more frequently than I admit. <laughs> and because I'll just, I'll look at somebody who I'm like, your business brings in $300,000 a year and you don't even know where it's going. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> oh, it yeah. happens all the time. It's terrifying. Yeah. No, it is. But yeah. boy, if you could ever make an argument for for sitting down with a with a CPA mm-hmm. to file your taxes, or or it's the, the family it. member, because right. that's the other one. Is like mm-hmm. if you're getting your aunt to do your taxes for free, mm-hmm. you need to fire your aunt <laughs> because if they're doing it for free, they're probably not diving deep. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, I I have no problem paying a professional. I mean, just like I want to be paid and compensated for my experience and my knowledge base. Mm-hmm. You know, like we have shows where we, you know, Eric and I both talk about the fact that we have such deep knowledge and mastery in our own industry that we can totally beat out a lot of other folks. But in your side of things, Siri, I mean, I can't even imagine. I don't understand why people shy away from that. Because yeah. that'd be the one area that you should get really good help. Absolutely. I yeah. look at just an had, ex- Oh, go, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. We have so many small business owners that go, what do you mean? We can take that deduction? Mm-hmm. And, you know, bringing in their documents. And we're always digging in and looking at things and noticing transactions where they don't know what they don't know. And we're like, well, what about this? What about mm-hmm. this? And they're like, oh, you know, and but it takes us seeing something that was missing or seeing a piece, you know, a receipt or something that triggers like, um, what's that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, you know, bringing up the question and they're like, oh, we have this and this and this and this. And it's like, oh, goodness, we need to get that stuff reported. I uh, the, I look at probably 20 tax returns a month, you know, just mm-hmm. in, in my job in mortgage lending. And um, and there's a few accountants that um, I kind of know by name. I see their work or, or lack of <laughs> their work, and um, especially with self-employed borrowers. And mm-hmm. I'm looking at I've I've looked at ones. I go, you you know, you might need to talk to your accountant or another one, you know, because I see a lot of deductions here that you could be taking that you aren't. Uh, good examples mm-hmm. are depreciation expense, mm-hmm. which is a non-cash expense. It doesn't cost you anything. Right. Another one is business miles driven. Yeah. Which what's the late what's the new number for business miles now? Is it twenty five mm-hmm. cents a mile? It's, it's something like that. Um, Let me see because it does it changes every year. Right. And business miles is a huge expense that can be taken on taxes, and it's not unusual for me to see anywhere between two and four thousand dollars in deduction yeah, right. from yeah. miles. And That's easy for me because sure. I don't I don't commute for my job because mm-hmm. I've been a work from home person for twenty three years. But so the vast majority of all mileage on my vehicles is mm-hmm. work because I'm going out to show mm-hmm. properties. Right. And and it, again, yeah. it, it's not an expense that costs you as a as a mm-hmm. taxpayer. You're just yeah. reporting the miles you drove. Exactly. Uh, but but it's a deduction. And even on the lending side, if if I see a we call them non cash expense, business miles, mm-hmm. depreciation, amortization, uh, things like that, we're not going to hit you uh, for those expenses when we calculate where inco- your income. We'll give it back mm-hmm. to you. Uh, so why not take those? Yeah. Unless unless you're fine. unless you're ringing the, the the red light for an audit flag. Is that something that person needs to be concerned about? Um, one of the audit flags that I am more concerned about is the home office deduction. 
and it is they've done a lot in cleaning it up where they sort of standardized it and they have like a simplified tool and that's the better route to go and that keeps it within that tolerance range of acceptable it's when you go outside of that tool and go oh and this and this or you know these expenses and it gets abnormally large that's going to be the flag. Okay, so that's an important one to bring up because a lot of people suddenly had a home office this year. <laughs> right? People who yeah. didn't normally use a home office right. suddenly have home offices. Of right. Even if that just meant sitting at the kitchen table. Yeah. Um, so so what do you mean like when you say that there's a simplified tool? Cause, and I'll give myself as an example first, Siri. I have, like I said, I've had a home office for 23 years, and it was one thing when I worked for another company um, uh, but now it's my own company and I have multiple people who work from my home. So fully half of my house is used for my business because it's three offices, dining area is our conference table. And then I've got one room set aside for soft goods. And then half my garage is set aside for hard goods for staging materials. Oh, well, wait, I guess you're going to have to answer that question for me once we get back from these messages. Uh, we still have with us. Sherry, or Siri Shipman from, <laughs> now I'm the one doing it, Inside Out Tax and Accounting. And we're going to be right back after these messages on Open House with Team Reba. Open House with Team Reba on AM 1590. The answer. to Open House with Team Reba. Welcome back to Open House with Team Reba. I'm Eric Osnes from Homebridge Financial Home Mortgage. And I'm Reba Hass from Team Reba. And we have Siri, Siri Shipman with <laughs> us. Here you got me saying it now too. I know, I'm sorry. With Inside Out Taxes and Accounting. Thanks again for joining us, Siri. Thanks for having me on air. So before the break, Reba had a very long-winded uh, oh, rambling on question. Yes. Um, talking about how much space in my house is used. Right. So, but basically yeah. we're talking about home office, use of your yeah. home office and, and that deduction. So what are Yeah, because if that's your... an audit flag, I want to know yeah, like, exactly. uh-oh. Yeah, absolutely. So what are your, right. what, are, what are your thoughts on that? Um, in the past, it was much more of an audit flag, but what the IRS has done on the tax return is created like a simplified method where you plug in your total house square footage and then your office portion square footage and it auto calculates based on their use table or accepted table that they have in the background and that keeps things within their threshold range and doesn't create um, too much being taken and that because that's where the red flag can be you Mm -hmm. can take those actual expenses and not use that simplified tool but you know you are bringing a little bit more attention to it if you load things too heavy. That's really, really good to know. Mm-hmm. Kind of also kind of along just the general filing of your taxes, record retention. Is the rule still seven years roughly that you should retain your records in case you're audited? Yes. <laughs> I hate to say that, but yeah. yes. Okay. And that's really tough. One big change that they've made, which has been absolutely wonderful, is they accept electronic records now. Oh. Yay. So rather than having those big boxes for every single year, get in the habit, scan them every month, and just have them as an electronic file folder for each each month, all your receipts, and then you can get rid of the boxes. That's great to know. Yeah, mm-hmm. just don't just make sure it's stored safely on your 
cloud or wherever you're storing it. Right. And, uh, exactly. Okay. Uh, you know, one other th- kind of thing along that line, I had a um, had to file a, an amended return this year for my own taxes. Um, w- just when it got filed, we had clicked the wrong box for filing status, prompted a, I got a bill from the IRS for 1200 bucks or something like that, and I was supposed to get back a little bit. 200 bucks. I like to cut it as close as I can every year. Uh, but um, I'm with you. <laughs> um, but but anyway, I had to file an amended return to correct that. Now, that return was filed back in August, and to this date, it still has not been processed. And and I, I'm under, under the impression, or uh, my understanding is that, you know, some of these, the specialized handling things are really, really backed up due, oh, to, yeah. due to COVID. Is that what you're experiencing also? Extremely. They're very backed up. One of the things that I've seen um, notices come out, they're really stressing that people do electronic filing as much as possible Mm -hmm. rather than mailing something in. Only mail it in if you're really forced to. And part of that is is when it's electronically filed, it's already in the format. It's already in the forms. And then they they process things as they receive them. So first in, first out. So they may have a backlog, but then when they get to it, they're not having to take a hand piece of paper and re-enter it into an entire system mm-hmm. for them to finish processing. So, you know, that's where they're stressing that electronic. And anything we can do to help them with that backlog, they've been backlogged now for a couple of years with all this craziness. And I, I feel for them. <laughs> We're definitely seeing it happen on multiple levels because I know I have a client right now that <clears throat> because he has a um, spouse that is a non-American national, I guess, however you want to say that, mm. um, they are having issues with some financing because they needed to make some kind of amendment to their 2019 taxes and they're spending almost every day on the phone on hold just trying to find somebody who can help them yeah. with getting this thing sorted out. And it's impacting their their transaction. And it's not an insignificant size transaction either that right now they're going to have to probably switch over to cash, which is a, a pretty pretty big deal for them because it's an over million dollar deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, not Ouch. not yeah, <laughs> not, not something they were excited to learn, <laughs> but yeah. but yeah. thankfully they're in a position to do it because uh, not everybody can. Right. But it's it's still a painful thing because it's it's going to impact what what will happen after the fact too. Which by the way, I have to talk to you about that later. Because <laughs> uh, let me let me just also mention uh, the financing company that they're using is one of those online ones that you and I love to hate. Oh, so yeah, yeah. yeah, it's not going well. Oh boy, uh, because of that anomaly. Yeah. So anyway. Beyond that, um, okay. So, what other things are should our listeners be thinking about that are somewhat COVID related as we get into this coming tax season? I mean, we're already in the tax season. So, anything else that you're recommending to your clients? Um, find as many receipts um, as you can. That's the big thing as far as the small businesses, because with the working at home and all the adjusting, I think a lot of people have probably paid for things personally, not thinking or realizing that, you know, this could be a business deduction because I went and picked up masks for the whole office, you know, paid for it out of the, my personal checking account and didn't think it, but think of it. Um, little things like that. There's been a lot of fast moving adjustments and just review everything. Make sure you got it all under the business book so you can get that taken care of as a business deduction. 
Um, there's been some changes, the normal adjustments as far as the standard deduction amounts and increases for the next year. One thing I was really, really happy to see is when they changed everything over to the large standard deduction, a lot of people couldn't itemize anymore. Mm -hmm. Right. And one of the big things that I always did personally was a lot of donations Mm -hmm. to charities Mm -hmm. over the year. And I kept all my receipts. And that was usually significant when us itemizing. And the first thing I thought of is people are going to stop donating. And I'm like, oh, this is not good. This isn't good for all those nonprofits that rely on that. Mm -hmm. And I did see a dip. What they did, which was an absolutely wonderful thing, is they added a $300 above-the-line charitable contribution deduction for people's personal taxes, even if they don't itemize. For 2020? For 2020 returns? Yes. Nice. And that is big. You know, and that's important. Now, is that for non... Keeping everything moving. Yeah. Is that for non-cash donations? Um, The... Notation I saw did not indicate whether it was cash or non-cash, so it's probably both. Okay, yeah. It seems like in the past there's been a breakout of that. They want to know what was cash Mm -hmm. and what was non-cash. Right. Yeah, and and they still will. I can Mm -hmm. put money on that on the tax return. Oh, sure. Just the fact that they're allowing that outside of itemized. I mean, we had situations when that changed over that, you know, people's tax bill not being able to itemize tripled. And, you know, that's that was really rough. People, A lot of people lost a lot of deductions. Interesting. And, wow, okay, that's really, really good to know. Any any other kind of big big changes that we can watch for or things that people, people should know? One thing I came across, and I was pretty excited with everything that's going on with the housing and all the COVID and the the struggling that I know people have had as far as mortgages and that normally when debt is forgiven, it's considered income. Mm-hmm. They have a new, um, a new thing on the tax bill that if it's home mortgage debt, it does not have to be counted as income. Great. So yeah. how they word it is the exclusion of gross income to discharge debt income from a qualified principal residence. Yes. Okay. Principal residence. So not, yeah, mm-hmm. rental properties or anything like that. So Correct. is that just if, if somebody is um, receiving, like they're selling their house on a short sale or, or, or foreclosure. Okay. Or foreclosure. Okay. Cause there's a lot of people still in forbearance, so um, so it's not anything to do with that. Okay, well, I'll tell you what. We can dive into that on another show. Siri, thank you so much for being on here today. We're going to have to take off here in just a quick moment, but we really appreciate you being with us. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you so much. I will get your contact information on the website as well, so look up Team Reba, and have a great weekend. Thank you for listening to Open House with Team Reba. To contact us, visit Team Reba at Remax Metro Eastside on Facebook or email info at TeamReba.com. Join us again next Saturday afternoon at 2 for more Open House with Team Reba here on AM 1590. The answer.
preceding program was sponsored by Team Reba of REMAX Metro East Side and Eric Osnes of Homebridge Financial Services.